Hello, this is Len Tengis welcoming you to the iPodcast AGCMO Weekly Podcast. In each episode, we'll feature information about a contractor, specialty contractor, supplier, contracting agency, owner, or legislative or regulatory issue pertinent to the construction industry in Missouri. We'll feature industry professionals and other construction industry representatives to help our listeners stay up to date with current and future trends in construction. So here we go. Welcome back to iPodcast AGCMO. Our guest today is Stephen Gantner Jr. Stephen is a registered architect. Stephen is a senior specifier for Conspectus. Stephen, thank you. Well, thank you. And you can call me Steve. Steve, thanks for being here. Tell me what a senior specifier at Conspectus does. Conspectus Incorporated is a specifications writing firm. We're one of the largest in the country. We have uh, 10 specifiers on staff, and I am one of the senior specifiers for the firm. Now, when you say in the country, you have offices across the country then? By offices, yes. We have people scattered throughout the country, mainly in the Midwest and on the East Coast. So you write specs for every type of project, any any specific segment of the market you focus on? Conspectus will write specifications for any any construction project in the United States and the world for that matter. I just finished a project for a, a owner in Pakistan. Wow. So we will write specifications anywhere in the world. Now, you got into this how? It's a convoluted path, but if you look at it. For our, many of us. It is, it is. I can trace it back pretty far. I didn't realize it until a few years ago, but uh, my dad was a bricklayer, member of the uh, Bricklayers Union here in St. Louis for his whole life. And I was always interested in construction because I was growing up around it and get to see it. But we can trace our roots. Gantner family goes back to Boonville, Missouri. Gantner Brick Manufacturing in the 1800s. Wow. In Boonville. From there, they moved to Ferguson, Missouri. And my, my grandfather was a brick mason, owned his own company. And my dad followed in his roots, and so did a couple of his brothers. So from Boonville to Pakistan. Boonville, <laughs> Boonville to the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a step. So what are some of the things that you're seeing changes in the market in terms of specifications? I mean, there's been so many changes in technology and in what <laughs> contractors and architects specify. We hear a lot of complaints about construction documents every day, and I'm sure you hear that. What are the challenges you're facing? The biggest challenge uh, with specifications is getting in early enough in the project to have an input into some material selection. And that's one of the ways that we're trying at Conspectus to do things a little differently by uh, being more of an advocate for the owner. Mm-hmm. Um, we still do specifications the traditional way, working with with architects and uh, engineers. But we prefer, if we could, get involved with owners and architects at the beginning of the project. How does that work then? You reach out to owners directly? Or you expect the architects to bring you in with the owner, or what happens? Ideally, we would be brought in with the architect at the beginning of the project to start talking about materials and, and their implications with cost and that sort of material. But what we would really like to do is get in with contractors and owners and architects because as, as what I'm seeing in the industry is there's more of a push for construction managers and contractors to be involved early on the project. And ideally, specifications, if done properly, can work hand-in-hand hand or hand-in-glove with the uh, estimators. Mm-hmm. Um, and getting a, getting a push with ASPE, the Association of Professional Estimators, 
we could work really well with them and have ongoing costs from the beginning of a project, and that way we could eliminate that cost-cutting process at the end, commonly called value engineering, but there's really no, uh, no true value to an owner at that point. So prior planning? Prior planning and working within the limits of the owner's budget mm-hmm. to uh, work with the contractor. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people think about the specifier as a really key component in that whole thing. You think about the architect, you think about the mm-hmm. engineer, but I'm guessing your relationship with the architect is really important at that point, that they will allow you that latitude to bring those different materials in or bring those different things into their design. Well, yeah, we can see what the design is, and, and there's a distinct difference between specifiers and architects. I, I'm, I'm a registered architect. But I don't have a design bone in my body. Mm-hmm. I couldn't design a building for anything outside of a square box or and, something. And, and what is that difference? Well, the difference is I've, I think I have more of a technical mind than a design mind. I like to see how the building is put together and how the materials work together to come and, and make the building watertight and, and habitable. What sort of challenges are you seeing going forward in your part of the world as far as a specifier and as far as what's going on with materials and what's going on with the industry right now? Well, materials are changing very rapidly, and it's very difficult for an architect to kind of get a grasp on what their uh, material palette is. The materials are similar, but they're changing yearly. We've seen a lot of stuff with 3D, not just the 3D modeling, but with all the different things you see on the Internet about the, you know, they're going to have... 3D printing of concrete walls and all these other sort of things. How much of that are you seeing as far as technology coming into the material side? I haven't seen too much of it on the construction site yet. I have seen a couple of videos of that uh, 3D printing with concrete, and that's very interesting. I wonder how they can do that. But that opens up a lot of possibilities. I'm talking about more of the implications of things that happen in the world that have a direct relation to materials For instance, a few years ago, we had the Grenfell fire. Many manufacturers across the United States and the world got together and realized that offering non-fire rated cores for metal composite panels was just not really productive anymore. Because as a result, a specifier will tell you that we should probably be specifying fire rated cores no matter what. But when it comes down to it at the last minute and the cost comes in and you need to get cost out of the project, that's one where one area you can do that. Well, manufacturers across the world are basically not making non-fire rated cores anymore. And I think you can attribute some of that to the Grenfell fire. What about COVID? What about any of the things that you're seeing? Are you seeing anything come out there in terms of materials changes or design changes or things that you're encountering? Not yet. But a few years ago, there were some major manufacturers that had started working with uh, antibacterial materials. Uh, One major hardware manufacturer has come up with antimicrobial door handles. And I can see that being pushed a little bit here in the future. A major paint manufacturer has antimicrobial paints that may get pushed a little bit more than they had in the past. What are you seeing in terms of your workload? Are you busy right now a lot going on not much going on you walked in this morning and said wow my day wasn't that busy now all of a sudden things exploded yeah it's it's that that's the fun part of the industry um, you don't know what you're going to be doing you have an idea of what you're going to be doing day to day yeah the the backlog is pretty good right now architects are are busy 
we have quite a few uh, proposals going out. We have quite a few projects under underway right now. At the very beginning, a couple projects were put on hold as people and owners were trying to decide what they were going to do with the shutdown and everything. But we maintain a pretty constant flow throughout, not too much loss. What does Conspectus bring that perhaps other specifiers don't bring? As I mentioned earlier, I think we like to get into the project a little bit earlier. If we could have more of an input uh, with owners and, and, and uh, architects and contractors. We've developed a software called the Conspectus Cloud, and what we're trying to do is eliminate the silos and the lost gaps that occur during traditional design bid-build methods. And what I mean by that is there's the three traditional steps for a project, uh, schematic design, design development, and construction documents. Well, usually there's a stop in between each of those as the project is estimated, costs are evaluated, and the design is evaluated with the owners. What we prefer to do is get involved in the beginning. Uh, CSI calls it a preliminary project description. We call it SPD, or Systems Performance Description. It's based on Uniformat, and Uniformat in and of itself may be familiar to, to contractors because that is what estimating software is based on. But allowing the system's performance descriptions to go forward from the very beginning, we maintain the continuity of decisions as they're made. So if the players change on the architect's side or the owner has some turnover or the contractor may have some turnover, we've documented decisions that were made on large projects maybe a year or two before. So you have a software system that eliminates those gaps and helps that information flow from concept into construction. Precisely, and, and even beyond. It could can it continue on to the life cycle of the building, and it's cloud-based, and the benefit of that is it's very transparent. Owners, architects, contractors, whoever we want to invite or whoever the owner wants to invite to that website to preview the information or have a little bit of input is welcome to get in there and look at it and make comments. So there's access throughout almost like I would guess this fits in with a BIM model or anything else that it's somehow integrated in with that? Uh, it's not integrated with BIM models yet. Um, I'm not sure where we're planning on going with that. But the Uniformat codes do f fit in with the BIM models because they are basically the assembly codes which the architects use to draft up the components of the, uh, of the building. When we started this interview, you sounded busy. You sound like you got a lot of stuff going on. You're also taking time to be involved with AGC of Missouri. Why? And all the things you have to do, do you take time to stay engaged with AGC? Well, that's a twofold thing. Um, when I came to Conspectus, I, I was inquiring about other organizations that we're a part of. Um, I'm also a member of SCIP, Specifications Consultants and Independent Practice, and the Construction Specifications Institute. I've been involved with the AGC through CSI as part of the Construction Alliance for many years, working with Denise and the group. Talk about the Construction Alliance a little bit, because I would imagine people listening to this really don't understand what that is or what it's about. The Construction Alliance, I wrote a blog about it for Denise and Conspectus. It's a combination of organizations in the St. Louis area, specifically to St. Louis, and we get together bi-monthly to discuss guidelines for construction projects. Uh, we have members from AIA, AGC. We have owners' reps. I can't remember all of them mm -hmm. uh, exactly. But we discuss ideally how a project would go from conception through construction. And, and we kind of lay out the rough ideas. And you lay out 
a document, you lay out a series of documents, mm-hmm. the guidelines about what? Basically, for everything from selecting an architect to evaluating change orders on a project. So it's a best practices thing that people can access and save a lot of stumble time. It's, it's recommended best practices, yes. And it's a conglomeration. It's, pretty, it's kind of vague. It allows a little bit of latitude as to interpretation. But it, we try to make it encompass any possibility that you could run into on a construction site. It sounds like that would be a real learning experience for you and for the other folks that sit in on that. Yeah, it's a, it's a great, uh, we sit down on Friday mornings over at the uh, construction training school, and uh, we have a blast uh, just kind of debating what should and shouldn't be in there. Mm-hmm. Well, those different perspectives really do help improve everybody. And that's that's the intent of it, to make everyone's job a little bit easier and make things go a little smoother. So that's been your primary engagement with AGC? Correct, correct. That well, sounds like a worthwhile thing just not for you but for the industry in general it's one of those things that probably not a lot of people touch or know about but it certainly is a huge benefit to the industry for those people who do use it we certainly hope so great in closing is there anything else about conspectus or the industry that you'd like to share with folks like the construction industry uh, architects and specifiers are dwindling in, in people as well we need people to get into the industry um, I know the uh, contractors are struggling to find qualified, skilled, skilled people to work. Likewise, uh, specification writing is becoming a, a dwindling field with not a lot of people interested in it. And one of the things that we've done at Conspectus that uh, is very interesting, and, and I really like it, we have an ex-contractor writing specifications. i got to talk to him and figure out why he got out of contracting, <laughs> but if he's like my dad, it just got too much sure. you know, as you get older and and then the career contractors, what I found over the years, contractors are very intelligent people on the job site. And I think the best specifiers would be architects that have a lot of years, but also superintendents that just physically, it's, it's hard to get out and do the work anymore. They're problem solvers. Oh my gosh, yes. Some of the best problem solvers I know. I would think that as I hear more and more complaints, and I'm sure you do, you hear complaints about the quality of the documents, the quality of what's going on. If I've heard it once, I've heard it a hundred times. And it seems like attracting quality people into that is just as important as having somebody out in the field that understands what they're looking at. Having somebody on the design side is just as hard for you to find people. Yeah, it is. And, and finding the niche where you want to be in, involved in. And having somebody that has that trade validity that there's more to cut and paste. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we do not cut and paste. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, I really appreciate your help with the Construction Alliance. Appreciate you being on the podcast today. And thanks so much. Good luck in the future. And I hope your project in Pakistan is a complete success. Well, I'll find out in a few years, I guess. Thank, <laughs> thank you very much for having me. Thanks again for listening. It's easy to subscribe to iPodcast AGCMO on almost any podcast platform that you use. We hope you do subscribe and continue to listen as we move forward with this important project for the construction industry. To access our prior podcasts, visit www.agcmo.org, not only for podcasts, but for additional information about AGC of Missouri.